and welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis, our top of the second hour cruise through the news. And I try to get through as many stories as I can. If I had two hours every day, I'd tell you more about them. Number one, there's a Mexican presidential candidate who is calling for his fellow countrymen to flood the United States with a mass exodus and calling it a human right. This is candidate Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. I'm sorry, O-B-R-A-D-O-R. He basically, he's running on the platform that people should flee Mexico to find a life in the United States. Seriously. Okay. Why doesn't he run on policies making his own country better? Number two, NPR, you know, the one that you pay for over your tax dollars, ran an article saying that Trump staffers, President Trump staffers who eat at Mexican restaurants are hypocrites because Trump is so mean at the border that people who work for him in America shouldn't eat at Mexican restaurants. Seriously. And if you thought that things were bad at the border, you'd be happy to know that Stormy Daniels is going to save the day. The uh, pole dancer porn lady. She's going to the border to help with the immigrant children. I mean, seriously, can hardly stand it. This is actually a very good story, very important story. Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton's group, Judicial Watch, just fabulous, fabulous group. They obtained IRS documents revealing that Senator John McCain's subcommittee staff director, back in the time McCain was still active in the Senate, urging that this person, a Senate staffer for John McCain, urged the IRS to engage in financially ruinous targeting of Tea Party people. And this I want to take another minute, just a little longer on. That really, if you need any evidence of or uh, example of what ruling class elitism means, this is it. John McCain was irate that when he that he was challenged by Tea Party type people, people who didn't didn't think he was conservative, people who were frustrated with his uh, his votes in the Senate, want him to be stronger in certain issues. So he didn't just, you know, argue his way into victory. He didn't just win the campaign. He had a staffer who was encouraging Lois Lerner's IRS to harass the Tea Party. You know, the whole scandal we had with Lois Lerner and the IRS where uh, these two party groups to make an application, 501c3, to get their status, uh, their tax exempt status, and they were harassed and targeted. So, you know, we complain on our side that the Democrats do this, that they target people, that they're, you know, this was under President Obama and they're targeting the Tea Parties. John McCain's right along with it. And this is why when you want, you, when many of us talk about what conservatism means, it doesn't just mean always standing up for somebody with an R by their name. Somebody who says, I'm Republican. It means standing up for principles, and it means being strong enough to say, I'm so bothered about these particular principles that I'm going to criticize someone in my own party. And in fact, I mean, the idea, I I just find this both egregious and very telling. And I I feel like every time I mention John McCain, I have to say, I'm grateful for his military service. I'm horribly sorry for his, his suffering as a prisoner of war. And he, this is just, if there was anything noble left to his legend in the Senate, 
it's gone. I'm sorry. This guy has worked so much over the recent years to be a maverick, to undermine the, the Republican agenda, undermine the conservative agenda. And then we discover only because of the tenacity of the Tom Fitton's group, Judicial Watch, do we now have documentary proof his staffer was egging on IRS Lois Lerner, telling her to, yeah, get, give the Tea Party a hard time. Okay, next one. I still got a minute and a half. This is good. Sometimes I have like 25 stories. I get to one and I get going. But this is my cruise to the news. All these are posted at americacanwetalk.org. But this is a really funny thing, I thought, and a good thing. You know, we talk about all the time about how government is so big, and we give examples sometimes, a number of agencies. Well, Mick Mulvaney was apparently, who is the, our uh, director of the Office of Management and Budget, he gave, he gave a presentation um, about the explanation of eccentric, an eccentric explanation of the redundancy and overlap in federal bureaucracies. And so he gave an example that stunned the president and the press. He says, I'll call this a drain the swamp cabinet meeting, Mulvaney said. He criticized the Byzantine nature of government regulations and he used the example of pizza. He said, if you have a cheese pizza, it's governed by the Food and Drug Administration. If you put pepperoni on it, it's governed by the Department of Agriculture. If you have used a live chicken, it's governed by the USDA. If that chicken lays an egg, it's governed by the FDA. But if you break the egg and make an omelet, that again is governed by the USDA. And, you know, it's just a clever way because I think people, we hear so much about the size of government and the overlapping regulations. And I just did a big policy thing at our house Um, in our home uh, related to the overlapping regulations concerning poverty and trying to help poverty in the world, uh, poverty in America, and how the overlapping uh, regulations actually cause inefficiency and waste. And you don't help the people you meant to help as well. Last one of my cruise to the news in this hour. This is great news. Cause for celebrating CNN's viewership, the Communist News Network viewership, down by 30%. And all they do is pile on more hate. You gotta love it. They have it coming. This is Debbie George Jazz. America Can We Talk. I'll be right back. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. 
The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I want to take a quick moment and thank the sponsor of our show. I meant to do it in the first hour. I'd like to do that, um, but I didn't get a chance yet. The sponsor for America Can We Talk is GC Works. It's a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Could not do the show without them. So very grateful for GC Works. Okay, I want to hit a story that's kind of interesting leading up to the guest I have in the next segment. We have joining us at 7.30 in studio, Willie Billups. He's a U.S. uh, congressional candidate for CD33, Congressional District 33, here in the great state of Texas. But it's very interesting. Um, I went and talked to him about all the reasons he's running, and um, I don't know him that well, so I guess we'll both all learn what he's he's all about. But I want to hit an interesting story, uh, this segment, about the future of the Republican Party and also about the 2018 midterms. We've been talking about how I think there's just a tremendous effort in the American left to attack President Trump every step of the way, every word he says, everything he does. 
And to find the left is looking for something that will stick, that will make people hate what Trump is doing and, or just generate animosity toward him. And, you know, they tried the Russia thing, big fire, big time backfired. I mean, just now they've gotten themselves in a big mess. Uh, tried Stormy Daniels and the Access Hollywood and all made people do is remember Bill Clinton and uh, his just horrific record with women. And people kind of thought, no, nah, you don't get to talk about this. Uh, you on the left. So, but this the border security thing is one issue. The border children, the immigration policy, the DACA policy, they're all they're all being churned up at this time to plant the seed in the mind of Americans that there is just not sufficient compassion or there, there's something just not right about Republican and conservative views about America. I think that on our side, on the conservative side, which to me, I would say it, I've said it in the show many times. The entire reason I do this show is to defend the unique, extraordinary, exceptional idea that is America. The idea from the Declaration that we have rights from God simply because we were born. The country, the laws, the structure of country exist to protect you and those rights. That there is a profound commitment in America, a founding commitment to freedom. And it actually means not just an abstract concept, but a freedom, a personal freedom, personal liberty confined by the structure of our Constitution and our laws. And so that freedom is the best blessing for everyone. Freedom expands into free markets as opposed to socialism. It, it, the rule of law, profoundly important founding idea. You have to have those pieces, the, all of these elements in the founding of America to create America's exceptionality, America's greatness. And and. At this time in American history, it is the Republican Party through the values Republicans stand for that are holding on to those founding ideas. The founding of America ideas are that if you love those, your home politically is a Republican Party because the Democrat Party is the home of socialism, collectivism, division, hyphenated America, dividing us against each other propelling a globalist view, diminishing the unique greatness of America. We have a great opportunity in this fall election to not just defend against individual accusations made against President Trump, but even bigger than that, to restate and and happily and proudly and optimistically state what conservatism is, which means rule of law, which creates a civil society. It creates order with that we don't go around with a hyphenated America, dividing America all the time. But instead, we're about unifying ourselves around ideas, around principles that are colorblind, which leads me to my point. I was watching uh, some early morning liberal Okay, I don't watch liberal things that much. Don't don't take that the wrong way. But in the morning, I kind of scan the news, um, especially if I have a media thing to do. I scan the news. And so I, I saw someone was gloating about how Texas is going to be majority Hispanic by, and I don't remember even the year, 2044, whatever it was they said, 2022, whatever they said. And it was said in the tone of, aha, and therefore... You know, Republicans will finally lose power in Texas because the Hispanic, uh, of course, once we have majority Hispanic vote, they will go for the um, they they will go for Democrats. And so Republican uh, power is over. People, we have to reject that idea about every race, every ethnicity, every hyphenated American group. Ideas are either right or they're not. Free markets bless everyone equally. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. Socialism, 
Collectivism hurts people, no matter your race, ethnicity, or national origin. We are on the right side of the issues, on the right side of economic issues, the need for a strong national defense to preserve what America is. If you surrender to globalists, you surrender our values, our very identity. We have to be in the offense in these 2018 elections, not just saying President Trump did not do this. He didn't mean that when he said that. He only meant this. We have to be positive about what we stand for. So back to this uh, with respect to the voting in 2018, uh, the midterms. We have to be positive in our agenda and positive that our agenda appeals to everyone who wishes to think rather than emote, who wishes to analyze facts. So the great things that happened over this um, this um, last weekend, I was going to tell you to start with uh, Turning Point USA, fabulous group, had a retreat in Phoenix, Arizona, June 23rd and 24th called the Black Influencer Retreat. And they had their Candace Owens, who's been on this show before, Candace Owens making the left out of their minds because she's young and beautiful and articulate black conservative woman. Makes them crazy. And they had a retreat with it, basically saying, look, we're here to talk about why conservative ideas are better for everyone. How to sell those ideas, because historically, black Americans tend to vote overwhelmingly Democrat. And they're saying, it's like voting to enslave yourself. Shape up, vote conservatively. So they had that retreat. This Candace Owens thing, and she's gotten uh, the um, Kanye West behind her, and he's backing her. These steps, these cultural steps, to get messaging not coming from old white guys or old, you know, blondes, but to come from to come from people who are black, who are young, who are active and successful, saying this is we have a better plight in life than being the victim class in America. This is a beautiful thing. Also, great piece was out by John Yu, the last name is Y-O-O, entitled, and this is on our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, Asian Americans need to wise up and end our blind loyalty to the Democratic Party. Great article. Just spells out, what is it you're voting for? Are you voting because you've been told you're a victim, so you've got to join the side that, that agrees everybody's a victim all the time? Or are you going to join the party that believes in the American dream, that believes in the idea of freedom and free markets and opportunity and hard work to succeed and achieve and move ahead? As I mentioned last week on the... Um, on this show, or actually, I did somebody else's show. Anyway, I think it was on this show I mentioned, but there was a great series of articles about out about how some Asian American communities are starting to complain about the idea that their students succeeding in, uh, in, in various ways academically are being held back by affirmative action policies that say, well, too many Asian Americans are doing well in, in such and such uh, admission tests. It was in New York City. New York City public schools, those really elite competitive schools, they had admission tests, and because Asian Americans culturally tend to, they have parents who are just pounding on those kids. You you do your homework and you read and you get on top of things. You, so they're doing well. Many of them impoverished. Many of them not at all wealthy families, and they're being told by the New York City public school system, ah, uh, no, actually, you know, um, we we need to have more racial diversity. So we're going to admit students who don't do as well. So Asian American. Communities are waking up to the idea that we believe in America and rewarding achievement. And, and which party is it that rewards achievement? Wait, let me think about that. It's the Republicans. So there's just a lot of um, there, there's this. Uh, and I will tell you that the border issue right now is the reason that the Democrats are just harping to death 
on the border issue is because they think they are priming the Hispanic American vote, not just in 2018, but for decades and decades and decades to come. The notion, and don't, don't think, don't, don't doubt me on this, the Democrats live, they think, long-term, strategically, at all times. They are trying to get quotes out of Republicans that sound as though they're too harsh about border policy, that they don't understand or care about the plight of people trying to cross our southern borders, that we aren't sympathetic enough. There have to be ways to be positive, loving of your fellow man, outgoing and just positive about saying we believe in people and their individual capacity to dream, to achieve, to succeed. We want to improve quality of public education for all children so you can end up with opportunities in your life to be self-sufficient. We're the party that stands for that. And we can be very successful in this election cycle very successful if we're willing to state our, po- our policies in a positive, loving, unapologetic, undefensive way we stand for and believe in and support what America is. And the American left is all about collectivism, all about hyphenated, judging people by their skin color. And we're better than that. America is better than that. Okay. That was on my soapbox. I'm done for today. We have a guest coming up at 7.30. Join us after the break. Willie Billups, U.S. Congressional Candidate, CD33. Find out what he thinks about all those things. So come right back. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties. And in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. 
Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. As I mentioned before the break, we have the great pleasure of having in studio tonight Willie Billups. He's a, uh, I don't know why a person would do this, but he is a candidate for U.S. Congress. So glad you could join me in the studio. And Willie, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Just love having you here. And um, I want to tell you, we're, uh, we're in studio where we have <laughs> just playing with all of our equipment so we're great we're, we're up on facebook live and we're rolling so to start with i think you know uh you're running in in congressional district 33 which i looked up it's partly if you're listening to the dallas fort worth area you might be in this district it's a uh, parts of dallas P- county tarrant county can you describe what the, where the district is uh the easy way to describe the district is when you look at 35w and 35e uh in the fort worth side it's all the eastern fort worth from Meacham Field all the way down to Burleson, uh, Springs Airport. Then it comes over the southern parts of Holtham City, um, all of eastern Fort Worth, parts of Arlington, parts of Grand Prairie, southern Irvine, south of 183. Uh, and then it goes over to Dallas from south of 635 and Farmers Branch all the way down to Oak Cliff. Okay, so at least of all those communities you mentioned, I know Farmers Branch because I live in Dallas. So anyway, if you're listening to this on 660 AM, you may be, this may be someone you can vote for, and I cannot possibly, I'm just really excited about having him in studio because, number one, because I want to defeat all the Democrats on the entire ballot. I would like to do that, but I'll, t- I'll settle for this one. There's an incumbent Democrat uh, in that seat, and um, before we get to all the issues, I want to ask you about, just tell our listeners about your, your professional and military background, if you would. Okay, so for the, uh, I served 20 years in the military. 
I uh, joined the Marine Corps at age 17, and uh, from 17, from 1995 to 2007, uh, I was in the Marine Corps as an aircraft mechanic. I switched over to the Army in 2007, uh, went to flight school to become a uh, helicopter pilot, and I flew Blackhawks. Um, after graduating flight school, I went and patrolled the, uh, the DMZ in uh, South Korea, and during that time, I also left to go to become a commission officer. By the time I retired, uh, I retired out of Fort Hood, out of Fort Hood Texas, uh, down in Colleen, uh, working for Intelligence National Security Command, flying an RC-12. Okay, the last part you said is working for Intelligence and... National Security Command. Okay. Uh, honest to goodness, I, I always, I love the idea, and, and you know, we've if you listen to this show often, you know, we have Alan West on often, I'm, and he's made the point, we need more people in Congress who've had military experience, who understand what they're voting on, understand the importance of it. I'm just, I, I really think that's a, a huge thing. And um, so I'm glad about that military experience. So so when did you leave the military? What year was that? I left the military in 2015. Okay. So what have you been doing since then? Since 2018, you have a business, don't you? I own a small trucking company. And for a while, I was an airline pilot flying for uh, Skywest Airlines out of Chicago, here out and DFW in Houston, throughout North America. Wow. Okay, so you've been a pilot, and before they said helicopter pilot in the military, and national security intelligence. What do you are you allowed to tell anything about what you did? Like what, what does that mean? National security intelligence. I had a good time. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Whatever you did, thank goodness, because I'm sure it made us safer. I appreciate that very much. So, why did you decide to run for Congress? Um, you know, one of the things in which I believe I believe that we need true representation, and we need selfless service. We need selfless service and people who have more of an invested interest in what goes on in our country and who's not just going to be a, be fall around like a bunch of sheeple. And right now we have too many people in Congress who are just happy being obstructionists and they're voting for this special group or that special group. They're not voting for just the overall view or for the overall good of the people. Okay, so that's interesting. So, uh, dare I ask, have you always been Republican, or are you a relative new Republican? I was or? brought up. Uh, my family back in Florida is mostly Democrat. When I joined the military and I got away from home and I got out and started seeing the way the world really worked, and I started paying attention, I realized the Democrat Party was not for me. That was not where my that was not where I needed to be. And to be honest, to be associated with it, to be associated with the Democrat Party. That was just too much for me to even think of. I, I just could, I couldn't agree with anything that they stood for. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, I um, I grew up Republican. I will say my parents were Republican, but um, you know, when you're go to school back east and college and law school, you end up getting drifted. I, I thought I was a Democrat for a while. Yeah, exactly. Until I got in the working world, working in a law firm, and realizing. Uh, yeah, I, I quickly realized the Democrat Party was not on track. And it's interesting, actually. I, I don't know if you agree with this. You were sitting here while I was speaking earlier. I just feel like the Democrat Party at this time is even further left. They have gone so far left, so far off the the American playing field, the American ball field in terms of their priorities. They just, uh, it seems like, I I just, I I really don't understand how people of any sense of American history and, and, and the idea of individual freedom could support that party. When I look at the Democrat Party, um, I won't even get into the history about what they used to do, what the party we're just doing back in the Civil War. I'm just going to talk about recently. For me, to be a part of the mem- the Democrat Party is to say I don't like who I am. It's the saying that I'm okay with uh, economic enslavement policies. I'm okay with the uh, death and destruction of the minority communities. I mean, President Obama 
I didn't agree with anything he said. The best things about President Obama was watching him leave. That was the best thing. <laughs> watching him leave, leave was it. You know, when President Obama was in the, in the, in the White House, one of the best things he could have did, he could have given me a picture so that I could put on my refrigerator so that when I, my kids ask, Dad, why can't we go to Disney World? Why can't we do that? Because I was in the military getting promoted constantly. I joined the military at age 17 and retired as a captain and been promoted tw- 10 times in, in between. And all the time, I'm just constantly getting penalized on taxes. And he did a great job of raising those. So one of the best things he could have did, if he had some compassion, was to give, send me a picture so that I can put on my refrigerator and I can show my kids when they say, Dad, can we go to Walt Disney World? I can say no because Dad is supporting his family that I don't even know who they are. And they're not my kids. Okay. That's, I don't know why that's really cracking me up. Okay. So, by the way, speaking of it, you and your wife have four children. Is that right? We have four children. Okay. So, you know what it's like to support a family and to be, uh, yeah, to, to be the responsible adult. Well, yeah. in short, my, I have four kids, uh, 19, one, uh, my oldest daughter's in college, a 13-year-old who's in middle school or just going to high school, a 7-year-old and a 5-year-old. And my wife is a legal resident. She holds a green card. from. My wife is uh, from Japan, but she has a green card here in the country, and we are a single-income family. So I take care of my family. So, yes, I do understand. Yeah, you sure do. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, one thing I, I mentioned to you in the break before we got rolling that I looked up the incumbent. I'm just going to say his name. It's Mark V-C-V-E-A-S-E-Y. And he is the incumbent Democrat that you're challenging. And actually, I wanted to ask you back to District 33. Do you have any idea in that district? Has it been Democrat majority for a long time? Is it close? What was the breakdown? Everyone says that it's a, uh, a D plus four. But my thoughts on that is I would disagree. The district is, without doubt, 82, almost 83% minority. However, when you start really getting into the values of the different minority communities, primarily black and Hispanic, those values are conservative. They do not go Democrat. So just because the district is heavily minority doesn't make it a Democrat district. It just needs, they need to be, those values need to be communicated. Absolutely. And that ties into what I was saying in the last segment about I think that I get very frustrated with anyone on either side of the aisle who tries to argue, well, you know, if the country turns majority, whatever, black, Hispanic, Asian, the, the, the Republicans are done. I mean, what matters are ideas. Ideas are right or they're not. And if they work and they're right, they're right no matter what skin color you have. I just, I do feel like the Republicans have, uh, you know, I mean, we get attacked all the time and painted as racist by the left, but we haven't done the greatest job we could in articulating how our values are the same as most of America, including people of all sorts of racial racial and ethnic backgrounds. That's our job. You know, when I... um. I went, I went to vote in the primaries and I went into the uh, precinct and there was a gentleman there. I guess he was a middle history and decent. Um, and he, uh, he looked at me and he said, Oh, you're going to be voting Democrat. I said, no, no, I'm going to be voting Republican. And he looked at me and said, why? I said, because I'm a Republican candidate. He says, but you're black. I said, yes, I am. And he says, you're voting Republican. I said, yes. Why would I want to vote Democrat? And he says, you know, you're going to be more welcome than the Democrat Party. Republicans are more racist. I said, (gasps) prove it. I said, prove it. Show me. I said, show me the money. Prove it. And he couldn't he couldn't uh, he couldn't he couldn't come back with anything. He couldn't answer the question. And so I went and gave him a brief history of the Democrat Party. And I said, you need to know your facts. I said, let me go over here and walk and get my Republican ballot. 
And I said, by the way, I am a Republican candidate on the ballot. And he just looked at me and it's almost like he was appalled to talk to me after that. It's okay. I continue to vote it anyways. <laughs> so do you, I mean, I, I love that story. I, I love the, I, I love that you didn't just get offended, but said you engaged him. You talked. So let me tell you, this is what I think. So what, like, what would be your top reasons? We have like 20 seconds in this segment. We're going to come back after the break, but top reasons you're Republican. Are they, can you, is it economic? Are they everything? Historically, the black community does better under Republicans. I am a Republican because I believe in economic freedom. I believe in our nation being a nation of laws. And I believe that self-empowerment is the best way to take care of, of me and my family. We are going to zip off to a break. We're in the studio with Willie Billups. This is Debbie George Jazz. America Can We Talk? Come right back. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with Five Talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. 
Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I have soon-to-be Congressman Willie Billups in studio with me. He's running for Congress from the great state of Texas on CD33. And before I get to my next questions, I want to just mention to our listeners, first, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, I appreciate that very much. And feel free to comment or email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Love getting comments and conversations. And our YouTube channel, where you can see this interview later, all of our interviews go up on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, Google America Can We Talk and Debbie Georgiatis. And I bet you can't spell Georgiatis, G-E-O-R-G-A-T-O-S. Love to have interaction with you. I also want to encourage you, we've started a weekly podcast also, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Central Time. I'm getting... I mean, it's really exploding because I, I, I get to go more in depth on issues, which I love, love, love to do. So, okay. And thank you so much for tuning in. So, uh, Mr. Willie Billups, um, actually, you're Captain Billups. Is that your 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 uh, rank when you left? When I left the Army, it was captain. Okay. Well, so, Willie is fine. Okay. <laughs> so I want to run through because I do think people listening, that people are, you know, who are serious voters, they want to know what would be the difference. Like, you know, we have... Uh, Congressman Mark Vesey, uh, who's not had any scandals, of which I'm aware. Um, so he's just there. Um, so, But I want to just run through some of his votes and, and big issues people care about and ask you how what you thought about it, okay? Okay. All right. So here I printed off his, off his website. Uh, there was the great, there was a vote recently on the immigration bill we talked about many times on this show, uh, which I have referred to as the Goodlatte bill. It was Bob Goodlatte. It was the conservative, uh, it was a compromise, but it was a conservative bill. Dave Bratt was on the show a few weeks ago and talked about it. It was basically the bill that was to provide funding for border wall, limiting legal immigration, mandatory worker verification, allowing DACA recipients to apply for legal status, but not citizenship, um, and preventing separation of families at the border. So this was the, this was the conservative immigration bill and he vc voted no do you know how you would vote in that one i would have definitely voted for it you think a border wall is a good idea i think a border wall is a good idea and this is what we have to put let's put it in context when you look at the borders of our country think about your home when you think about your home if you if you are against a wall then i would encourage you to go home and leave your doors open leave your windows open and leave the lights on (laughs) and let's and go to sleep at night and when you wake up and find somebody in your front door, in your living room, don't get mad. Serve them coffee and tea. Yeah. Because I can promise you, if that was to happen in my house, and I lock everything up with a security system, just like we have in this country, the security system being Customs Border Patrol, we have borders. 
it protects the sovereignty and the integrity of our country, just like those doors and windows and walls. If you came in my house, we'd talk about us. We'd talk about my Second Amendment rights at that point. Okay, so that's a good one. So in the Second Amendment, I know there's been a lot of talk about wanting to in some way restrict uh, gun ownership ownership rights because of the the school shootings and other horrific incidents. Are there there Second Amendment limitations that you support? Are are you a strong Second Amendment supporter? Where are you in that? I believe that the people have a right to protect themselves. Calling the police is an afterthought. They're criminals, and just being honest and candid about it, laws do not apply to criminals. Criminals seem to hear that and they seem to walk clear away from we've got enough laws on the books. Why don't we try enforcing the ones that we got? Unfortunately, the other side doesn't want to enforce those laws. They want to pick and choose which laws they want to enforce. Oh, I like that law, but I don't like that one. Maybe a section of this one, not all of that one. And when it comes to the border, I don't even want to talk about it. That is what the left is saying. I believe that we should enforce our laws. We have enough of them on the books. Okay, I'm, I love everything you just said. I, I'm smiling. I have to tell you in the Second Amendment, I don't know if you saw this really funny thing. So in Texas, we had the Texas Democrat, the state Democrat <laughs> Party. You saw, you know what I'm talking I about, know right? exactly what okay. you're talking about. So the state Democrat Party had their convention in Fort Worth. Was it Fort Worth? It was in Fort Worth, okay. the Fort Worth Convention Center. And these goofball Republican activists went. They had signs they were handing out. And so these people walked by, they're handing them to them. And these people are taking them and holding them up. They essentially said, this home is gun-free. And I mean, and they were, I mean, Obviously, it said something else on it. This home is gun-free. It had a picture of a gun with an X through it. And it said it's a safe space. Oh, it's a safe space. So, <laughs> so they had a picture with the gun, and they had a picture that says gun-free. Then it had the, like, the do not enter with the gun, and then it had safe safe zone. Okay. I mean, really, that's something we should pass out, especially to my opponent. We should pass those out to all the Democrats. And you put this into your yard. As a matter of fact, I'll put in my sign that go attack them. They don't have any guns. Okay, that is was the. I mean, I every time I saw it in Facebook, I couldn't. I just <laughs> fell over laughing because these fools at the convention are going, "Oh, thanks, they're taking one," and then you can see their faces like, "Wait a minute, I shouldn't put this in my window because then people would know that we don't have any guns in our house," which is obviously why we need to have protection at schools. And, and, and you advertise gun free zone at school is like an invitation. I mean, it, it was it was so funny. In the military, we call it schools and hospitals and places like that soft targets because those are the places where you know you are there is less likely likely for a criminal to get any resistance. So those are soft targets, and that's why they go there. Oh, my gosh, yes. Anyway, so okay, that's so funny you saw that, too. That was hilarious, that Democrat thing. Okay, so uh, next one. This is your uh, buddy, your opponent, or the incumbent VC. Uh, there was a bill called the Pain Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, um, and it was it proposed amending the federal criminal code to make it a crime uh, for any person to perform or attempt to perform an abortion if that basically if the fetus was 20 weeks or more um, and was pain capable. And so your opponent voted no, basically did not want to prohibit abortion, even though the baby could feel it. So what was your, how would you vote on that? I would have voted in favor of that law. I would have def- that would have that would have definitely got a yes vote from me. My uh, my opponent and his party, uh, I'm not sure why they continuously vote in favor of abortion here in the Metroplex. Over 50% of all of the Planned Parenthood clinics lie south of the Trinity River. Those are in communities where black and brown people live. Yep. So essentially, here is my opponent in the left voting for something that is going to continue to decimate the black and brown communities. So my question, how could you possibly do that and look at yourself in the mirror? 
Margaret Thatcher is the founder of Planned Parenthood. She only founded that for Margaret one Sanger. Margaret yeah. Sanger, excuse me, not Thatcher Singer. Thank you so much. She founded Planned Parenthood for one specific reason. Why is in the world is he going to support something that was designed to white people that look like him and I off the face of the earth? That is it, that is an astonishing thing. When I first started, this became a bigger issue. I mean, years ago, but I, someone sent me that Margaret Sanger quote. You're describing there are many yes. of them, but I I thought it couldn't be true. I mean, who? No one says those kind of things, and she did. She very openly said she was getting this started because she wanted to eliminate the black community, black Americans. Yes, and there my opponent is standing in front of Capitol Hill with this big pink sign that says, "I support plant plant." Planned, Planned Parenthood. Parenthood, yeah. How could you possibly say that and look in the mirrors? It's a very good question. Okay, here's another one. Your opponent. This uh, There was a law named Kate's Law after Kate Steinle, who was murdered by an illegal immigrant. Kate's Law says, uh, the law said, the proposal said, uh, propose increasing criminal penalties for individuals in the country illegally who are convicted of certain crimes, deported, and then re-enter the U.S. legally. So makes penalty worse if you committed a crime like the guy did who killed Kate Steinle. So would you vote in favor of more penalty for him? I would have voted. I would have voted in favor of the law. And that was the re-enter the uh, U.S. illegally. So if they re-enter the U.S. illegally again, they're definitely getting under, under severe penalties. We see this as a problem already. People that we deport as an airline pilot, let me pause for a second. When I was an airline pilot, one of my flights was from uh, Houston and Guadalajara. Customs oh. and Border Patrol arrived at my plane. Arrived at my plane and escorted a couple, several illegal immigrants on my plane, and they followed us out to the runways to make sure we got airborne. And those guys were gone. And that is something interesting. Customs and Border Patrol escorted my airplane out to the runways until we took off, and then they turned around and left. Um, I would I would support that. We have several, several, and this is a proven proven fact. People that we deport, they come right back. As soon as we can get them on the ground, they're planning their return. Yep, absolutely. It, it, I, it is amazing. I, I just think it's astonishing we have a party, the Democrat Party, who's just, they really are advocates for illegal immigration. They don't even really try to hide it anymore. It's, it's, it's just softening of the border. It's, it's expanding of, it's kind of opening of anyone who wants to come here ought to be able to come. Yeah, okay, we can't get off on that because I want to ask you more of these. Okay, okay. here's another one, your, your buddy, your opponent. Um, okay, there was a bill called No Sanctuary for Criminals Act. It proposed withholding federal funds from states and localities that don't follow immigration laws. Your opponent voted no, so he did not want to. Um, he would not agree that we should withhold funds uh, from sanctuary cities. I would have voted support it. Now, my opponent, when you look at his record, what has he done for the Hispanic community and the black community, which represents over 83%, 84% of the district? Nothing. He's constantly uh, favored DACA recipients and illegal immigrants. So in situation, he's asking, he's saying we should be a nation of open borders and without laws. So he supports the DACA viewpoint of the Democrat Party, which is basically to he legalize supports them. illegal immigration in sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities protect criminals, illegal immigrants, lower wages within this country. It's simple economics, simple economics. How can you say I support illegal immigration and then in the next breath say I support raising the minimum wage? Well, that is a contradictory of terms because if you support illegal immigration, you can't support wage raising the minimum wage. Otherwise, you're, vo- you're voting in support of destroying our economy because when you support illegal immigration, illegal immigrants lower the wages, which disproportionately affect the black community. 
And when you do that, you're asking the black community and and Hispanic community to subsidize the lifestyle and the living or the uh, burden of society from the uh, illegal immigrants. You're asking them to to subsidize that because when these people come into the country, where do they go? I promise you, they're not going to South Lake here in Texas. They're not going up to uh, different parts of, uh, of, uh, Carrollton and some of the other high, nicer areas of town. No, they're going into the 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 lower end of the scale, where places where they can go and not uh, not and not necessarily stand out. The black community and parts of the Hispanic community, which in terms those law-abiding citizens are subsidizing the burden on society from these illegal immigrants. It's hypocrisy at its basis. That is that was I've never heard that all put together in the way you just said that was really really good. It's just a simple <laughs> it's, it's just a simple ex- explanation. I appreciate that. So we're going to have to wrap up here. We're almost out of time. But for people listening, we're speaking again with Willie Billups, who's running for U.S. Congress from Texas, CD33. How can people find you online? Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find me online, you can go to Billups, and that's Billups, B as in boy, I-L-L-U-P-S, for Congress, and that's BillupsForCongress.com. If I may say one last thing, Debbie. In addition to being a veteran of the Marine Corps and the Army, I was once a single parent. I am a 20-year cancer survivor. I am a small business owner and true patriot of this country. Willie Billups, thank you so much for joining us on America Can We Talk, and we will uh, be talking about your campaign. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks, folks, for listening. Come back next week, Sundays at 6 p.m. Love talking to you. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America.